0: Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Monday, June 28th, 2021. We're brought to you as always by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best at what he does. Give him a call, 317-849-2933. This week and next week, we celebrate historical outerwear. Today, we are rocking the uh, Ivan Ranko Says Buck Fishigan shirt uh, profiting off the, uh, the brainchild of one Dan Dockage, who decided, hey, we got to figure out who's leaking recruiting information out of this office. And so they invented Ivan Ranko, put a, uh, a recruiting sheet on, I think on Knight's desk, and, uh, and kind of monitored the comings and goings to see where and when Ivan Ranko was going to show up among those uh, being uh, coveted. By Indiana, and of course, it worked as it always does. If you want to hire somebody to get to the bottom of some nonsense, hire somebody from Lake County, Indiana to do it. Dan Dockich was the perfect guy to figure out where the leak was coming from in that office, and Ivan Ranko, his uh, supposed existence, got to the bottom of that. Uh, The Pacers draft just a month from today, a month and a day from today. And the draft, the 2021 draft, looks like it is filled with really good players. Uh, guys like Josh Giddy from Australia, 6'8 point guard. You've got Corey Kispert, who is the best shooter in the draft, a 6'7 wing. Isaiah Jackson, who's kind of like Miles Turner, but a better athlete than Miles Turner. Uh, Alpern Sangin, a 6'8 power forward. He's 18. He will be 18 when he's drafted. Uh, played in the Turkish League. Not a great shooter, but a guy who has a preternatural understanding of the game of basketball from the offensive and defensive ends. And so he's a guy that maybe the Pacers kick the tire on over the next month and see who they want to draft for uh, Rick Carlisle's first team. 25 years ago, there's a hell of a draft. One of the best NBA drafts ever. At the top and in the middle, really, really, really good. At the top, you had Allen Iverson. You had Marcus Camby, you had Stephon Marbury, Ray Allen in that draft, Antoine Walker. The Pacers at number 10 took Eric Dampier, who is not a bad pick given where he was drafted at 10. The 11th overall pick, the 12th overall pick, you never heard of those guys. 13th overall pick, you've heard of. He's one of two guys, three in fact. Uh, who make Donnie Walsh and the Indiana Pacers look like they made quite a mistake in drafting Eric Dampier. Uh, The 13th overall pick was Kobe Bryant. The 15th overall pick was Steve Nash. The 17th overall pick, the Pacers regretted not taking this guy so much at a few years later, four years later, they traded Dale Davis in order to get this guy. That was Jermaine O'Neal. That was one of the most talented drafts in the history of the NBA draft. The Pacers, Eric Dampier, not a bad draft pick, but given what was kind of hanging the low-hanging fruit on, on that tree, man, you talk about a draft where you could have changed the trajectory of this franchise forever and ever and ever. Number one, if the Pacers take Kobe Bryant, there is no way that the Lakers in 2000 Beat the Pacers in the NBA Finals, right? It would have set Indiana up for a generation of success, just like drafting in 1984. If the Pacers had held on to what became the second overall pick, held on to that pick and taken Michael Jordan, the trajectory of the franchise would have been changed then. Really, not so much of that happening over the last few years, but maybe in this draft. With the 13th overall pick, the Pacers have an opportunity to go get a generational talent who's going to bring great basketball to Indiana for the next 12 to 15 years. We'll see. Um, Colts, camp starts in about three and a half weeks. What are we going to look for? We've talked about this a little bit, but I want to talk about the Colts a little bit. And at Grand Park, there are four things that I'm going to watch really, really closely. Number one is Carson Wentz. Does he look like the quarterback? Does he look like the guy? And you can tell there is something about a starting quarterback in the NFL who's going to play at a championship level. Your eyes just go right to the guy. Like with Andrew Luck. Your eyes went right to Andrew Luck. Peyton Manning. are like, wow, who's 18? Well, you knew who 18 was. But you get my point. Like if you put Peyton Manning out there in any other number, eyes were still going to go to Peyton Manning. Same thing with Luck. Is Carson Wentz that kind of guy? Or is Carson Wentz kind of a Sam Bradford kind of guy, who was the number one overall draft pick uh, back in, what was that, 2010? But when you went to camp and you watched, you were like, which one's Bradford? I couldn't tell in 2011 which one Bradford was. That's not a good sign you got to be able to tell who the quarterback is. You've got to be able to see it. There's a charisma level to a starting quarterback in the NFL that it draws your eyeballs. We're going to see if Carson Wentz is that guy. Of course, we're going to know that he's number two, right? So we're going to know who he is, but is he that guy who draws your eye? Or is it going to be Jacob Eason who draws your eye? We'll see. it be interesting. Eric Fisher. We're going to watch to see how he progresses in terms of health and whether he looks like a guy at some point during camp. Maybe it won't happen during camp. Maybe it's going to happen during September or after camp shuts down, that he starts to look like he can play starting level left tackle despite the fact that he tore his Achilles tendon in last this year. In fact, this January's AFC Championship game between the Bills and the Chiefs. That's going to be interesting. We're going to watch Michael Pittman Jr., and Julian Blackman, to see if they look like they're taking a, a level jump up with their games. Both guys need to do this. Blackman needs to become an elite-level playmaker at free safety for the Colts, and Michael Pittman needs to do the same thing on the offensive end. He has got to be able to go get the uh, football as Wentz throws it up. He Wentz is going to throw picks. He's going to throw jump balls, Right. And the more that Pittman can come down with, the fewer picks he's going to throw. There are going to be some picks. We don't want a lot of them. A lot of them you can't overcome. Leading the league in picks this year, like he did last year, you can't have it. Um, And then we're also going to watch the kicking. Uh, The kicking competition between Rodrigo Blankenship and Eddie Pinheiro. Uh, Blankenship doinked. I think, four field goal attempts last year. Can't have that. Uh, especially not in a playoff game against the Buffalo Bills, as he did. Uh, the Fever. I don't get what's going on with the Fever. Like, the Fever are 1-15 right now. They're five games out of 11th place. They're in last place in the WNBA by five games. And yet, they just waived the number three overall pick in 2020. So one of two things is true. Either... The uh, higher ups with a fever are crazy people, and they're just waving people uh, for no other purpose than to wave them, or they did a re- not a really good job trying to figure out who Warren Cox is as a human being. They were surprised by who she is, and, and because of that, they've decided to wave her. I'm not sure which it is. Uh, I'm not sure that we'll ever know exactly what's going on. But at 1-15, to waive the number three overall pick from the 2020 draft, that seems odd. You're not going to get better because you waived somebody, right? You're not going to take a step forward and jump out of last place into 11th place because you waived somebody. Addition by subtraction does not work to erase a five-game deficit, however... Maybe she's nuts. I mean, we don't know what the deal is with Lauren Cox, and we're probably not going to find out. But one way or another, this is a poorly invested draft pick, and and somebody's got to be held accountable. Can you imagine the storm of of, uh, negativity on social media if Kevin Pritchard uh, used the third overall draft pick in this draft and then in 2022 waived, just waived? whoever this guy is, like, he'd be out of here quick. You know, they, they'd, uh, they'd hide-strap his ass to uh, what send it down the Moan line, right? So there you go. Uh, I don't know what the reason is for Tamika and the fever waving Warren Cox, but somebody needs to explain it at some level because it's, uh, without that explanation, our imaginations run a little bit wild and cast Tamika Catchings as maybe uh, a poor executive, and we don't like thinking that about Tamika because Tamika is one of the nicest people you ever going to meet in your life, a really, really good person. Um, the Bucks. What did I tell you was going to happen with the Bucks and the Hawks? When the Hawks won Game One, I said Milwaukee's going to win out. They're going to win the series four-one. They're up two-one right now. They're two wins away. From shutting it down and sending the Hawks home, and I think that's what's going to happen. Trey Young says his ankle hurts. Well, of course it does. When you are that ball dominant, and he has to be for them to be for the Hawks to be competitive, you know what? You gotta you you, you gotta put your body at risk, and ankle sprains probably the least uh, of your worries if you're Trey Young. Um, <clears throat> Clippers, Suns. Suns with a chance tonight to end this thing. Uh, The Suns are five and a half point favorites right now. I would take the Clippers, but I think the Suns are going to win. I think the Clippers are going to stay close enough, like they did on Saturday night when Chris Paul couldn't throw it in the ocean, right? But Paul George wasn't any better. Paul George goes five for 20, one for eight from beyond the arc, and 12 for 18 from the line. Chris Paul missed a bunch of shots late all of which would have salted this thing away for the Suns. He couldn't get it in the bucket. They still win. Up 3-1 tonight. They got a chance to close it out in Phoenix. I think they're going to get that done, but that 5.5 I think is a little bit too salty for me. Uh, I would never bet on the, on the Clippers, though, because I don't want to take any joy in, uh, in success by Paul George. Cubs lost 7-1 to last night on national TV to the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw with 13 Ks, all on breaking balls. The Cubs, number four, tied for fourth in Major League Baseball with 754 strikeouts, uh, 16th in runs scored with 330. They're hitting 224. That's good for 28. And they are 25th in OBP with a uh, an OBP of uh, 301. So you, you got to ask yourself, okay, Bryant, Rizzo, uh, Baez, what are you going to, are you going to be worse without them? Not so much. What should they do? What should the Cubs do? I say you sell, 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 and sell stock that farm system, put yourself in a position where in 2025 you're going to win because I don't think you're in a position to win now and there's really no reason to let these guys, uh, stick around till the end of the year. And then go off and decide we're going to go play for the Phillies or the Dodgers or whomever. That's just sillier, the Padres. Deal them, get a bunch back, and and let's go to work uh, rebuilding this team to a point where it can win a championship. My goodness. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? The great Ryan Harris, anesthesiologist to the stars celebrating a birthday. Lonnie Ford, happy birthday. Neil Scherer, the great Otto, Chris Morris, celebrating a birthday. One of the finest center backers in the history of New Albany High School soccer. Uh, Chris Phillips, happy birthday, Tony Monday. Sue Khan Trammell, celebrating a birthday. Sue was a genius. When my shoes got knotted in grammar school at Central School in Lake Bluff, Sue Khan was the best, in fact, the only one who would take the time to get the knots out of my shoes, God bless her. And John Krall, a tremendous journalist celebrating a birthday if today's your birthday you celebrate like hell if it's not your birthday you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment at some point i'm going to talk about baby stella and in what i would hope for her in terms of youth sports she is three days old and in what she is going to experience with youth sports if anything I, i have hopes and and my hope is a good coach And to be surrounded by parents who are supportive and not idiots, that would be tremendous. That would be a great thing. We'll talk to you a little bit later today inside Indiana Sports Now. Cannot wait for that. As always, a beautiful day in central Indiana. Get out do something. Play some golf, for God's sake. Don't take sick days in December or vacation days. Take them now. Get out on the golf course. All right, let's go.